Hey y'all, this is All Truth, No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. If you would, please take a quick minute and uh, follow and leave some feedback. If you do have a question or a topic that you'd like to hear, let me know. Shoot me a message on Facebook or on Instagram or even email uh, at ben.morsi at lbctheodore.com. And I'll be happy to answer any questions or address any topics that uh, you might present here uh, on the podcast. Now, it's been about two or three weeks uh, since we had a podcast, so my plan is to to record and release uh, three of them today to get back on track. And uh, I hope they'll be a blessing to you. I hope they'll be a help to you. And uh, like I said, I've missed it, uh, but it's been a busy, busy season, a busy time, and I've not been able to get it out to you. Today's topic, and I'm just going to go ahead and give a disclaimer right off the bat here. Um, Today's topic is going to be a sensitive topic. Um, There may be some mention of other sensitive topics throughout this episode, Uh, so please listen with care and understand that uh, my goal is to try to help you, biblically speaking, and uh, we're going to look at at this topic and kind of address it from a a biblical point of view, uh, not a uh, Brother Morsi's um, point of view, but from a biblical point of view. We'll look at a lot of different scripture references, and uh, I really want you to see uh, what the Bible has to say about it, and so that uh, whatever the world says um, is kind of uh, secondary to that. Because as a Christian, once again, it's what God has to say, what the Bible has to say should be number one. And if if what other people say lines up with that, then we'll listen to that and we'll address that. But if what the Bible says should be the final decision maker. And so without further ado, the topic we're going to look at today is the topic of abortion. Um, Obviously, a couple weeks ago, we uh, heard about the repealing of the Roe versus Wade uh, law, if you will, and uh, the fact that uh, abortion is uh, now left up to the states and uh, what each state decides um, in regards to abortion uh, will be what stands for that particular state. Uh, But regardless of, uh, of what state you live in, regardless of what country you live in, the Bible should be or should have the final say. The Bible's what the Bible has to say should be number one. And so like I said, we're going to look at, I'm look at a couple of facts to start out, and then we're going to just jump right into what the Bible has to say. And uh, like I said, this isn't going to be my opinion. It's going to be what the Bible says. Um, my goal is not for this to be um, my personal soapbox and what I think. My goal is for you uh, to see what the Bible has to say, to see what God has to say, and, and to form your opinion, to form your belief, your conviction from what the Bible has to say. So in regards to abortion, first of all, I'm going to start out with really what the definition would be, what the medical definition of of abortion would be. Uh, It would be the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy, most often performed during the first 28 weeks of that pregnancy. Deliberate, meaning on purpose, uh, it's done on purpose. Termination means an end of that pregnancy. Now, one thing I'm not going to get into here is the different methods. Uh, there are six, uh, six or seven different ways, and you know our our society has changed the terminology uh, so it doesn't seem as uh, inhumane as it actually is. Uh, we developed back uh, after the Roe versus Wade um, ruling in 1973. We developed the term of fetus. 
And when we hear the term fetus, it kind of takes out of our mindset uh, what it actually is. It's a baby. A fetus would be defined as a clump of cells. And uh, it makes it a lot easier to try to end a clump of cells than if we have actually called it a baby. A friend of mine actually just recently we were talking about this. And he said it's interesting. You know, if you look in the Bible, you'll never, you won't find the word pregnant. Uh, every time it said they were with child. And regardless of the time or the the um, amount of time that that child or that that pregnancy had been uh, in in process, they were said to be with child. But our society changed that and developed this term pregnant and then developed this term fetus in hopes of making it less uh, humane and therefore we can end it whenever we want. I will say this, since 1973, since that ruling making it uh, a federal thing where abortion would be legal, abortion would be acceptable, um, around 63 or so million babies have been murdered. Um, and you think that how tragic that is. Well, let me put it into perspective for you. If you take that number, and you can do the math if you want, I put together some crude numbers here. But if you take that number, 1973 till this point, and uh, then you take the amount of babies that have been murdered, it comes out to around two and a half babies every minute have been murdered. And you think that how horrible that is, and yes, you're absolutely right. But what does the Bible have to say? You know, it does us no good, if I can say it this way, it does us no good to stand up and get out there and, uh, well, you know what, we're going to protest, and we have to come at this from a biblical standpoint. And do you know what you believe? Yes, abortion is a horrible thing. But do you know why you believe that? Not just because it makes me feel bad, but what does the Bible have to say about it? And that's what we're going to look at here. Like I said, 1973, uh, Roe v. Wade was a Supreme Court ruling that made it legal in all 50 states uh, to have an abortion, to end a, uh, like we said, the deliberate termination of that human pregnancy. Well, the amount of babies that have been murdered is overwhelming. But I'm going to begin in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 18. We find a passage, Psalm chapter 18, verse 30. The Bible says, as for God, his way is perfect. God doesn't make any mistakes. And you think, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we're, you're going to see, I just want to start there on purpose because we're going to dive into this and I want you to see what we're talking about here. In Isaiah chapter 44, verse 2, the Bible, or God says, using Isaiah, but God says, Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which, help thee, or which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. It says, Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb. God designed each and every one of us. He designed us in the womb. You know, you, it's easy for us to look and think, well, I'm not like so-and-so. I'm not designed like this and not designed like that. Uh, but I think we've looked at before, or at least I've referenced before, the idea that uh, we are God's masterpiece uh, in the New Testament, he calls us his workmanship. And if you look up that word, it means a masterpiece. You look at the famous artists of today, or of, of days gone by, and uh, their paintings and their sculptures and things like that. And uh, a lot of times you have one artist and you associate one masterpiece with them. They had maybe uh, dozens or even hundreds of other paintings or sculptures and things like that, but they have one that we consider their match masterpiece. If I were to use, you may know from uh, literature, but uh, if I were to use the term uh, the praying hands. It's a famous uh, drawing. Uh, I believe it, uh, it was pencil, if I remember right, or, or a form of, of pencil lead, um, but a famous drawing 
the praying hands. Well, we know we associate that with the artist Albrecht Durer. Now, I, you'd be hard-pressed in listening to this to tell me anything else that Albrecht Durer did. That was his masterpiece. That's what he's known for. That is his workmanship, if you will. And the Bible says for us in the New Testament, it says we are his workmanship. Oh, I was designed as God's masterpiece, and so were you. And that's Isaiah here is saying, look, God made me, first of all, but he formed me in the womb. Before, I ever took his, before he ever took his first breath, before I ever took my first breath, God formed me in the womb. Jeremiah continues with that same thought. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God talking here. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God says, I formed thee in the belly. In other words, you and I, from the time we were conceived, the Bible says that you and I were formed in our mother's belly, in our mother's womb. And you think how amazing that is for Isaiah and Jeremiah both to say things like this. But I want you to look a little bit further. In Romans 2.11, the Bible says, For there is no respect of persons with God. In other words, God has God doesn't respect me more than he respects you or in regards to his care for me. He doesn't care for me any more than he cares for you. He doesn't love me any more than he loves you or loves anybody else. So logically speaking, let me put this in terms as we continue through here. Isaiah said that God formed him in the womb. Jeremiah says that God formed him in the womb. So knowing both of those and knowing that God is not a respecter of persons, I can say, therefore, that if God formed Jeremiah and formed Isaiah in the womb, then he, then he has formed every other child that has ever been conceived. That's tough to take. Because our society wants to say, well, this reason and that reason and this reason and that reason should be, or we should allow abortion. But, and that's why I said with the disclaimer earlier, the reasons don't matter. And you're going to, we'll see that here, right, actually through this next point. But I want you to understand, first of all, that God is no respecter of persons and he's formed every child in the womb. He knew us before we were born and he's, he's known every other child before they were born. The second thing I want you to see now, if you look at, and we're going to look at uh, real quick some different verses here. Genesis chapter 21, verse 2, the Bible says, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. God told Sarah, look, you're going to have a baby. Sarah had a baby. In Genesis 5, 25, 21, it says, And as Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. The Rebecca couldn't have children. And the Bible says that Isaac went to God and said, God, please allow her to have a baby. She can't have children. We want her to have a baby. And God says, or the Bible says the Lord was entreated. The Lord listened to him and allowed Rebecca, his wife, to, to, to conceive. And she had uh, Jacob and she had Esau. Once again, we see she couldn't have children. Isaac went to God and God said, okay. And God allowed her to have those children. Genesis 29, continuing through that book. And it says, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated... This is talking about uh, Jacob's wives. When Leah was, he saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. He said, you know what? You're going to have children. But Rachel was barren. Leah, you're going to have children. Rachel, you're not. Once again, it's God ordaining this person will have a child. This person won't have a child. The next chapter over in Genesis 30, 22, it says, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her. Rachel went to God and said, God, look, you know what? You've allowed Leah and Leah's handmaids, all of them, to have children, but I've not been able to have children. I want to have a baby. I want to provide an heir for my husband. 
And the rest of Genesis 30, 22, it says, and God opened her womb. In other words, God said, okay, and he was entreated of her much like we saw with Isaac a minute ago. But God said, okay, you know what? You will have a child. Hannah in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, the Bible says, but the Lord had shut up her womb. 1 Samuel 1.10, the Bible says Hannah went to God. We know the story then um, that um, Eli saw her praying and, and accused her of, of being drunk and uh, the whole uh, conversation that happened there. And uh, the Bible says that Eli told her, you know what, go home, you're going to have a baby. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 1.20 then, that because I have received him of the Lord. In other words, Hannah was acknowledging, you know what, I wasn't able to have children. I went to God and God allowed me to have children. You know, it's an amazing thing as we look at that. Every one of those people, the Bible says that uh, they were not, or whether they were not able to have children or specifically references that God said, okay, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby at this time. We could look at others. We could look at the story of Elizabeth. We could look at the story of Mary. We could look at multiple stories throughout the Bible where someone was not able to have children and we instantly see God says this, God says that, and that person conceived, understanding that God designed every conception. Now, we don't understand every detail. I don't understand why certain couples can't have children or why certain uh, problems happen in cases of uh, whatever the case may be. Our society says in cases of rape or incest and all that. And I understand all that. And those are very tragic things. And I'm not belittling them in any way. But understand, not one conception can happen without God saying, I want this baby to be born. And like I said, our society wants, wants to uh, say, well, but what about this? What about that? One of the big ones is, well, the health of the mother. And thank the Lord I've never had to make, I never had to make that uh, tragic decision. But you think in, the, in the, the case of the health of the mother and the health of the baby and having to choose one or the other, I would hope that I had the, the ability or the, the trust to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and just let, let God do what he needed to do. I don't know if I would, but I under, understand this, that the Bible is very specific that a person cannot become with child unless God says that were to happen. So we saw, first of all, that God has designed each or each person in the womb. We looked at this with Isaiah and Jeremiah, God not being a respecter of persons. And so therefore, if God formed Jeremiah and formed Isaiah in the womb, then he's formed every other child conceived. On top of that, then we looked at the fact that through the four or five different characters there in the Bible, ultimately understanding that because... Um, uh, regardless of the reason, God is the one who decides who is going to have a baby and who is not going to have a baby. Last thing I want you to see, in Psalm 139, we find really a couple famous verses that I want you to see. It says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. That's in verse 13. In verse 14, it says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. And then verse 15, it says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Those three verses there, and really the entire chapter, we can see God, uh, God speaking in regards to this. But it's talking about the fact that God did the designing. God said, look, this is exactly how I wanted it to happen. This is exactly what I want. This is exactly how I want it to go. And understanding, as he said there in verse 14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am designed, like we referenced earlier, the idea of a masterpiece or uh, God's workmanship. We are designed exactly how God wants us to be designed. 
Now, I referenced earlier in Psalm chapter 18, verse 30, uh, the Bible says, uh, as for God, his way is perfect. We find that same verse in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 31. It says, as for God, his way is perfect. In other words, there is no such thing as a mistake. There's no such thing as an accident. There's no such thing as uh, a um, uh, God not knowing this was going to happen. We saw at the beginning with Jeremiah and Isaiah that God formed us from the womb. Every single baby that has ever been conceived, God ordained. That includes, as we said earlier, the 63 million that have been murdered since 1973. That includes every tragic instance. If God is allowing a baby to be conceived, there's a reason for it. Psalm 139.16, the last in those uh, references there, it says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. In other words, not complete, not, not completely put together. And in thy book, all my members were written. God did an inventory of every one of us. And you think, well, wait a second. What about the babies who were born uh, with maybe mutations or, or maybe uh, missing maybe a limb or some fingers and things like that? God designed it that way. It's not up to me to say, well, that's wrong. That's a mistake. God designed it. Then he says, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. In other words, God said, you know what? This baby will be born. This baby will be conceived between this man and this woman. And I'm going to allow that baby to be born. And, and then in turn, we as human beings in 1973, it happened even before that, but it became legal in 1973, decided, you know what? It's up to us to decide. And like I said, it's a sensitive topic, but, topic, but you'll see uh, throughout the news and things like that, you'll see the idea of my body, my choice. But ultimately, what you have to understand is God said, I gave you the ability to conceive, and I gave you that child. I gave you that baby, regardless of what you want to call it. You want to call it a fetus? Call it a fetus. But God said you're with child, and God says, you know what? I make no mistakes. So as I said, with the story, or back with uh, Jeremiah and Isaiah, God said, I've designed you in the womb. I've designed you, I, I put you together, I combined cells together, you are my masterpiece. And then we looked at the fact that God, no one can become with child without God saying, I'm ordaining this, this is, uh, this is what I desire, this is what I want. Once again, like I said, I don't understand why some couples can have children and, one, and some couples can't. But that's part of us learning to trust God, us learning to say, God, whatever you want. And that's why we looked at us for God, his way is perfect. I don't know why every situation works the way it does. I don't know why tragedies like rape and incest happen. I don't know why those things happen. But I do know from what the Bible says, what we just looked at, that it is impossible for a person to conceive. It's impossible for a person to become with child without God saying, I want this to happen. And then we looked at lastly that God, or the in Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm designed. God knew us. God put us together piece by piece. He designed us exactly how we want to be. It's not up to me to determine uh, what is right and what is wrong. It's up to me to say, you know what? God has allowed this. I'm going to. I'm going to trust Him. I do want you to see this. We've been so far in this podcast, we've been on from about 16 and a half or so minutes and understand something here in, a, in the amount of that time based on the numbers I gave at the beginning. 16 and a half minutes means there have been around uh, 30, 38, 39 babies 
have been murdered. You think that's awful? Exactly. At a rate of two and a half babies per minute, we've been on here for 16 or 16 uh, minutes or so, 16 and a half minutes. You think that's tragic? Right. What I want you to understand is a Christian. Now, if you're not saved and you're listening to this, a lot of it won't make sense because the Bible sa- or the Bible says that the Bible will be foolishness to those who who don't know Christ. But as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, this is what the Bible has to say. So, if I can sum it all up with just this summation here if god is who he says he is okay and his word is truth which as a christian that's what i would believe then god designed every child god also allowed every parent to conceive that child regardless of the reason so therefore i have no right to end what god has begun regardless of the reason like I said at the beginning in the disclaimer, I know it's a sensitive topic, and I know it's not necessarily uh, it's not something that we want to, we want to address. We kind of want to push to the back, and we, because it is a very sensitive topic. But biblically speaking, this is what the bio, this is why you know our society arguing this and that. Well, what do I believe? Biblically speaking, this is what the Bible has to say, and it's not up to me to say this is right, this is wrong. Now I should have added to the disclaimer at the beginning, and I'll hit it now. If you have had an abortion, or maybe you were part of uh, maybe an abortion that didn't work out, I have a friend like that, I'm in no way demeaning you at all whatsoever. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. And all we can do is grow from here. We can't change the past. Seek forgiveness from him. Seek to to allow him to, to wrap his arms around you and move forward. But I just wanted to address the topic. Like I said, we celebrated a couple weeks ago the repeal of that and the fact that it went to the states. And in no way does it make it illegal, uh, though each state will determine one way or the other. But as a Christian, I felt it was necessary to kind of address and say, okay, biblically speaking, this is where we should come from. This is what we or how we should look at it. So like I said, it is a sensitive topic. If you do have questions, maybe follow-up questions, please address them to me. Uh, I, like I said, I want to help each and every one of you as you head out into the world. It's directed toward teenagers, but I'm sure there are uh, non-teenagers that listen to this. Uh, but my goal, once again, is to help you from the Bible standpoint and help you kind of see what the Bible has to say about these different topics. But as always, uh, I'm more than happy to answer those. Shoot me a message on Facebook. Shoot me a message on email uh, or on uh, Facebook, Instagram, text, whatever the case may be. And I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. But until next week, we will see you later.